This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. These in many ways are the dog days of the the hockey season as everybody gets ready for their nine-day break, uh, getting ready for the playoff run. People are starting to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, it's 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 not the easiest time to be playing every second night. So uh, I, I I would actually just toss it away, learn some lessons from it, and get ready for the Maple Leafs. That was NHL insider John Shannon on the start earlier uh, this morning. Um, of course, talking about the Winnipeg Jets and their 4-1 loss yesterday to the Montreal Canadiens. Next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 4 o'clock pregame show, puck drop at 6 tomorrow. Texas show your thoughts, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Already getting a couple of uh, text messages uh, on this. And uh, the Jets have a scheduled practice today, and we've seen those kind of uh, get cancelled for a rest day uh, after the effort and, and the way the team played yesterday. Jim told there was no way that that practice that practice was going to get cancelled. Oh no, or be optional. Yeah, I exactly. Don't think. But you know what, Cam? The, 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 the I know some fans don't want to hear this, um, but the responsibility taken by the pl- players in the post game. Yeah, I, I don't think even if it was optional, there wouldn't be a player out there. Yeah. I, I think this team is in a new direction and 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 it always been sort of. I don't know a lot of guys that aren't even – this is a team over the years that even when injured, if there was an optional skate and things weren't going well or um, a loss, they would be in it. So I, I think they want to practice. And Kyle Connor said so much in the post game that he was looking forward to practicing. Yeah. You know, I also liked what John Shannon said. I ran that clip because I, I liked what he said about the dog days of the season. Tough to play every second day. You're heading towards the trade deadline. It's fast approaching of the All-Star break. Uh, coming up 12 days off for the Winnipeg Jets. You, you I mean – how can you not? I mean, if I have a, a week off, I'm thinking about it two weeks before. You know, I mean, that's 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 for certain. These guys are getting paid a lot of money uh, to not think there. But I have some descriptive words and phrases. I, I pulled my thesaurus out, and I'll bring in uh, our, our our guest right now, Derek Taylor. Uh, he's filling in on Jets game days on 680 CGOB for Kelly Morris. He's on vacation as well, of course. You know him. You love him as the voice of the Bombers here on 680 CJOB. Now, Derek, I have some descriptive words. I really pulled out my thesaurus. My um, My vocabulary is not this good. Uh, but okay. but just let me know what you think. Okay, poor execution, spatially accommodating. <laughs> like I knew you'd like that one. Detail lacking, okay. accessible, sloppy. Yeah. I'm not that impressed with sloppy. I think I could have found something better than that. Lethargic, erroneous, and finally yeah. inadequate. How do you feel about that and, and those phrases in terms of the Winnipeg Jets last night? When you pulled out spatially accommodating, that's that's to uh, talk about how they just let uh, let them just whip through the neutral zone un- unmolested. <laughs> yes. that you, that's exactly where I was coming from. Yeah, you're right. We're on the same yeah. wavelength here. The feng shui for the Canadians in the neutral zone. <laughs> oh, the feng shui. Feng shui is way better. The feng right? shui. Oh, damn, Derek. A you got me what a that. wordsmith. Oh, perfect. Right? Well, you well, you should do play-by-play, Derek, or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I keep trying. I'm knocking on the door. I'm knocking yeah. on the door. Um, it, it was Trevor Kidd was uh, our analyst yesterday on the pre and intermission shows, and and he said after the second period, man, the Canadians are just rolling through the neutral zone uh, untouched. This is the Jets really need to shut that down. And then the fourth goal comes in the third period as a defenseman essentially goes from inside his blue line all the way to the other blue line. Boom, Chris Kirby Doc. Boom, 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 goal. Like you're like, wow, this is. 
this is just absolutely not their night. There are so many points in that game that you go, well, that doesn't normally happen, and that doesn't normally happen, and what is going on over here? That I, I'm with John Shannon as much as every team is playing every other night, and Montreal looked great. Just just put this one in the bin and just forget about that it ever happened. Like let's just not let's just not remember this game against the uh, the uh, Canadians at all because it was just so it was so out of out of context and out of out of uh, you know the norm for the for the Jets. I almost said the Bombers there. I swear to goodness, I almost said the Bombers there. <laughs> I heard that. I, I heard gonna, that I wasn't going to yeah. bring it up, Derek. I was going to let it slide. I, I mean, that's what anything. cost them in the Grey Cup was a neutral zone, right? They yeah. just uh, the Argos they were kept coughing the puck up free yeah. through there. Um, you mentioned Trevor Kidd, and I, I can't get enough. I mean, all our analysts like Dwayne Gilawoychuk and and the bombings of the world and and Scott Billick and we Sean Reynolds go on and on, but really Trevor Kidd has been there and done that for twelve years in the National Hockey League. And I loved his assessment last night. And, and we'll get into specific players as we go forward here. But even talking about the Hainola situation, like nobody played well, but somebody's got to grab that job. And we're at that time of the year where if they don't, there'll be a fourth, fifth defenseman being brought in to fill it. All that analysis is really good. But I also liked what Trevor was just saying about the fact that, you know, it's hard to judge how Montreal played last night because they were fast and they did things, Derek. But also it was what, I mean, this could be one of the games where did Montreal win it or did the Jets lose it? Um, yeah, I, I think that probably determined, goes on what side you're on. Montreal looked really good, right? And they didn't yeah. have their first overall draft picks with Koski. They didn't have their starting goalie, right? They didn't have, they didn't have some real important pieces. They lost. Jonathan Drouin was kind of expected to play the day before, but on game day didn't take the skate. He was expected to be in that top line as much as he's not a real top line threat. He was expected to play and you go, wow, they were, they had a really diminished lineup and yet they, they dominated. You get a off a third line winger with a couple goals in that one. I, I want to say 61% the Jets lost it. 39% the, the Habs won it. But if I was in Montreal, I'd probably go the reverse and go, man, we're, we really have potential. And when that, when these guys are back, whenever that is, let's build off a win like this. Yeah, I, I think we also saw yesterday after, like that's a game where if you have a captain, he comes out and speaks after the game. And the two players that we heard from, and we'll hear from them later in the broadcast, were Kyle Connor and, and Josh Morrissey, of course, the, the, the two points getters. But, I, I, you know, Morrissey's wearing an A, K, Casey's not wearing a letter, but... I, I can't help but think that those are the two guys that are might have the loudest voices in the locker room right now, and those are the guys um, that are that are really driving the bus, and and maybe per, and perhaps the guys that the guys in the locker room are looking towards. Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois would probably be another one that mm. he spoke so much before the game. Maybe this gave him the, the after the game. Yeah, off. that's a great point, there, Derek. Yeah, of, like, and let's not uh, let's not. I, I find it tough to believe that Blake Wheeler doesn't still have a voice in there with the mm-hmm. with the way that he plays and the role that he plays and the fact that he used to be the captain. Just not having the the C doesn't mean hey I, I'm not going to come to you for advice or your opinion carries no weight. Like that cat works hard too, right? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of guys and, and it went bad for for everybody. Did you uh, did you guys find it interesting? Rick Bonus kind of didn't talk about Billy Hanela, even though Hanela was the only one who got benched in that game that, that I can think of that got benched in that game. No, we're going to, we're going to talk yeah. about that. And I, and I think rightfully so. And I, I heard you guys' post game last night too. And, and um, the throwing around that nobody had a good game and they didn't, but everybody else that didn't have a good game is on this team. Billy Hanola is in and out of the lineup. And, and, yeah. 
Um, like I liked what you said last night, Derek, because Adam Lowry was probably the only Jet I thought that looked like you know he was firing on all cylinders and playing to the caliber that you think you can play with. I loved how you guys broke down with with Kid and Hainola and and yourself and Christian O'Mal because he's not in a situation where he this was a game that with everybody playing terrible, if he just played normal, he would have stood out and, yeah. and made an impression. It's a tryout for him. They want to they want him to make this team and to make the decision or for him to make the decision and he's just not making it for them. Like he's just his play is too inconsistent and it's clear to me with all his attributes and the bright future he has that he's just not ready on a consistent level. Yeah, we're, we got a bunch of text messages about Vale Hanel, and we're going to really dig into that after 12.30 because I think it's a big discussion coming out of this game. Uh, we're also, of course, going to talk Ivan Provorov and the situation with Philadelphia as, oh. as, the show, as the show rolls out here. But just to go back to, go back to, to you know, all the players playing black, Kyle Connor, he comes out and, and he spoke to the media after the game and, and he scored, he got his 200th goal. The seventh fastest player to reach 200 career goals, by the way. Only guys have done it faster. OV, Austin Matthews, Steven Stamkos, Crosby, and McDavid. I mean, that's this is this is this is really really uh, of active players, I should say. But that's some really impressive stuff. He's up there with with some of the most elite. Uh, but Casey did not. He was like I think it was minus four on the stat sheet in the game. Like he was yeah. not. He was not good. Um, there was there was times he 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 left the play too early. He missed guys and stuff like that. But just as Jim just said about Hainola, there were some real egregious egregious errors, um, particularly in the first two goals that and and the thing is and the thing is Derek he put a microscope on himself earlier on in November when he had his agent come out and say for, and you don't know how these things play out but you know a lot of the I don't think an agent's going out there and, and saying things on his own accord here he's talking to his client I know look his Hainola's agent comes out and says Hainola and I'm paraphrasing here he's not happy he doesn't want to be in the AHL. He's earned a spot to compete in the NHL and prove that he is ready to be a National Hockey Leaguer. Well, when you put yeah. a microscope on yourself like that in November, people are going to be watching. And when you make big and glaring mistakes like you did last night, it's it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you 100%. Can, can I make a crossover comparison? I didn't feel right doing it on the broadcast yesterday. But can I make a crossover comparison to this bomber season for you guys? We always we actually do that constantly, but Derek, I wouldn't expect anything less, please. So uh, there was Dalton Schoen in his, what was it, his first game. It was against Ottawa at home. He makes a catch, and then he gets plowed in the head by Sherrod Baltimore, fumbles the ball, it's a turnover. And on the broadcast, I said, oh, okay, well, Doug Brown, I'm interested to see how the rookie responds to this because rookies can go either way, and young players can go either way. This could be the one that ruins him or it's nothing and he moves on. And obviously the next 19 games show that Dalton Schoen was just fine. Like he was mm-hmm. fine with having made a, a bad mistake in that time. That's, that's what I, we need to see from Billy Hanel, right? Like this was a bad game. And mm-hmm. he was, those first two goals he was bad on. He was a victim to me of the third goal, but he, was, he, he had a bad. Yeah, I saw it the same way, Derek, right? yeah. Right, so how does he bounce back? As, uh, as Trevor said, Trevor said there's no way I would put him in the game against Toronto. Like, it's, it's time to put Dylan Sandberg back in there. But when Hanley gets back in there for the, for the next time, how does he respond to that? Because when he played against, what was it, Calgary two weeks ago, he was, he was really good, and he looked confident. And, he, you know, he possessed the puck in the blue line. And he goes, okay, this is the player you want to be. Um, how will he bounce back from that? And, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to see. And I have no insight as to how he will bounce back. But that's always the thing I look for with young players. And 
uh, like Jim said, you know, he's in and he's out and he's up and he's down, uh, like up to the up to the pros and down to the minors. And so, what will his response be? Um, maybe it's Dalton Schoen like, but maybe uh, when you talk about it in the twelve thirty segment. It, maybe is he the point where if they do make a trade, someone's interested in Billy Hanala? Is does he possess the abilities that that some other team might be able to go? You know what? We could do something with that. He could eventually be in our top four. Well, and the point Trevor Kidd made about that, and I know we got to go, but the point Trevor Kidd made was, guys, it's not about development with this team. They're it's looking to point. win a Stanley Cup. They until last night was first in the West. It's not about hey, where are you, kid? And we'll give you 13 games. And it's about no, we've got a really good team, and you have a bright future in this organization or another whatever. Like, but but we believe in you. But now is not the time in this season to see continuing to give you opportunities. We need to augment this lineup to make a run. Yeah, you you can't you can't be coming in there and and, and expect to be a play uh, be a guy that's going to be ready for the playoffs and make egregious errors like that. That's as far as I see. I it. think in, we're still in the forties and fifties for games played. I think there's still time to give them a little. You've got a little runway, but when you get to Game 65, you got to be tuned up for the playoffs. I'm with you. Yeah. Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, also doing Jets game days here on 680 CJOB uh, for the next little bit here. Derek, thanks so much. You take care, okay? Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, DT. What is the path forward? We'll continue to discuss Ville Hainala. We'll talk all about that and a bunch of text messages, 204-780-6868. I can read your guys' minds. I know exactly the topics that you – I guess that's my job to figure that out. So it's not that impressive. Mind reader. Yeah. Anyways, we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Real quick break here, getting some text messages on from you guys. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. This texter says, put Sandberg back in, block shots, and more physical than Hainola. This one, good day, gents. Watching the game made me sick. Too many penalties. Also put the puck on net was passing poorly. This uh, Kevin says, I thought they played well until about a minute before the Habs' first goal. Habs were playing sloppy until then. The Jets just lost it. Habs weren't playing magic or doing anything special. This texture says, I know the Jets can't win every game. However, I watched better rec league games. Ouch. And uh, this one. After observing past games, the Jets did not play to their potential. This is from Bruce. They lost uh, to Montreal. How is their health? They played like almost everyone lost a night of sleep. They were in Montreal the night before. I don't know what was going on. Anyways, Montreal we'll be- flu is how they used to reference it in uh, Trevor Kidd's it, day. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, when you were growing up, in your in your youth, excuse me. <laughs> I'm still in, your, in my excuse youth. Excuse me, excuse me. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that, Jim. In your infancy, in your youth, in your uh, in your scholastic days, mm-hmm. uh, was there a Zellers in Dryden, Ontario? Infancy. That's a, in <laughs> a your new infancy. word. Yeah. <laughs> in infancy. I want to know. In your, in your infancy. first beginning of time on the planet, <laughs> did you? Did Dryden have a Zellers? They did not. Kenora okay. did. Kenora okay. did. So you guys but would have to drive to Kenora to the Zellers? We would, but I don't remember doing it that often. I don't mm. remember it being that. Let's go to Zellers. Correct me yeah, if I'm wrong, we to, we but yeah. Now, Sarah, yeah. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a man of many <laughs> mysteries, and um, I worked at Zellers. There you go. 
Yeah. yeah. I worked there in high school, and I was the you did? steward. A lady would refer to me as the stock boy, and I didn't like that stock. because I was like, lady, my title is a steward. It's much more <laughs> distinguished. Definitely. A steward of Zeller's And I was a stock. I, st- I stocked. <laughs> I stocked shelves. I am a steward of the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I thought it was nicer to be. I like that title. Actually, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I well, went to a grocery store and I was just a bag boy, even though I <laughs> I stock shelves as well. I I preferred to be called a steward than a bag boy. I found it as mm-hmm. it was like discriminating. I thought against myself. The steward of the of but I stock shelves. That's interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, there will be some wow. new stewards. Let's in not start lying to each other. Well, I'm trying to. Here. I'm trying to inspire cool. some youth and get yeah. into stewardship at uh, the Zellers. Anyways, thanks, Sarah. There we go. Thanks, Sarah. Enjoy your day. Uh, 204-780-6868 Sarah, Sarah McCarthy. Sarah McCarthy. She'll be back at one o'clock with the news. Um, she, she loves. She loves us. I know she does. It's all. This is all I just a She does. Um, uh, Villa Hanel has been a real topic of conversation as we as we as we headed into this game and uh, into this conversation in this in the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. 204-780-6868. Daryl texts the show. He says, Ville is only seeing the ice to shop him. And last night, and nights like last night means we may get four, six hockey sticks and a few rolls of tape to the moose we go. That from Daryl. Well, and, and, you know, and we're getting a lot of text messages along those lines. And we have to talk about Haynola and, and, and the stuff and what the, his situation is and what they're going to do with him. I don't, I don't mean to crap on a kid. He's 22 years old. Um, is you know he was coming off of an illness. How much did that affect it? We don't know. If you're on the ice, you're presumed to be 100. percent That's as far as I see it here. Um, no one played well defensively last night. I'm mean, gonna underline that six times. No one was some sort of defensive stud um, last night, even from some of the best Winnipeg Jets and the best members of their teams. And I, and I alluded to this. We had Derek Taylor on uh, in the last bit of the segment. If you want to, if you missed that and you want to tune into that, please do check us out. Jets at noon. Uh, you can find us on our, our podcast. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Everywhere you get uh, your podcasts from, and I'll, and I'll make sure that that gets uploaded very quickly after the show here. Um, but in November, when his agent came out and expressed frustration about Hainola not being in the NHL, it brought up questions about his attitude. And as far as I'm concerned. That was all brought on himself. Now, here are the quotes that uh, Elaine Waugh made, admitted to the Hockey News. He said, I think everybody in hockey that has seen him play realizes he's now at that point where he has made an NHL regular expendable. Ville doesn't deserve a guaranteed spot in the lineup. He deserves a shot to play a run of games to show he can do it. Now, when you make comments like that and you go out and you you have your you have your agent. The agent doesn't act, you know, independent here. The agent definitely wants him to be out there playing more so that he can earn more money and Heniola can earn more money. Everybody wants to earn more money. But when you go out and you make comments like that, you put a microscope on yourself. And when you have games like last night, they stand out. He got benched. He had he played nine minutes and thirty-four seconds last night. The second least uh, Winnipeg Jet in ice time on defense was Nate Schmidt. And, and he played almost double that at 18, 18 minutes and 12 seconds here. But it, it, it shows you, to me, why Hainola was sent down to the A in the first place and why he was going to be sent down again as soon as the opportunity. And that's to do with him being waiver exempt. You just saw that with the emergency drop uh, when, when Jansen, Harkin, uh, Jansen Harkins was called up. 
But the fact of the matter is, is he's not ready. And if Rick Bonus says he's not ready, that that's that's as far as I as I need to go here. And the eyeball test also also shows that he needs to go down. And I believe he also, unless there's going to be injuries and stuff like that, and he's forced to, and perhaps heading into the playoffs, he needs to stay down in the AHL. Because him sitting up there and not playing and all this sort of situation, the reason why he started in the A in the first place, I don't think he's helping him. I don't think it, it, it's helping him. I, I, I really, really don't. And now Jim Neal texts the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Neal says it's time for the Jets to decide on him. What do you think? I don't think they have to decide on him like career wise right now, mm-hmm. but I, I do agree with what, and I was thinking this for about a week, but what Trevor Kidd had to say last night in the post game show is like, it, it's you're past the halfway point of the season. Um, deals don't happen in a 24 hour span. You have to decide what you want to do with that six spot. And whether it's Logan Stanley coming back healthy or Billy Hanla, or if you're keeping Sandberg in, but I just, like some of it's his own fault and some of it isn't. Some of it is the market that just you see this guy drafted where he was. I mean, mm. did I, I kind of saw us go through this with Josh Morrissey where um, everybody thought that he should be in the NHL that first year. And I was covering the Moose that year. I've told yeah. this story so many times. Three months in his AHL career, he didn't look like he was NHL ready at all. Yeah. And then it just clicked. And for the next three months, I thought, you know, he he has a good chance of making the team next year. Everybody's different. You can't go, well, look at this guy drafted this time and why they're not ready. I think Ville Hainola has the offensive skill to be a very good NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that he's ready to play both ways and at this level yet. Yeah. Um, so, and that happens. And for everybody who goes like the Sammy Niku AHL defenseman of the year, there's a John Slaney. And if you don't know who John Slaney is, Google him. He is the leading point getter for the AHL and defenseman all time. High Flyers draft pick. I covered him for years and years when he'd come in and play the Moose. I talked to him about it several times. For whatever reason, was a dominant above the American Hockey League level defenseman. Every time he got into the Flyers lineup, couldn't hold his own. Wasn't good enough to crack a top six on a regular basis. And he had mm-hmm. a long professional career in the American Hockey League with hits and misses here in the HL. I'm not saying that is what Ville Hainola is, but it, it, Trevor Kidd spoke truth last night. This is an organization that isn't looking to give a guy 17 games in a row and let him develop and decide where they're at. This is a, an organization that has massive pending UFA contracts a year from now and have to m- go on a run here. They just solidified first place in the West and then lost it yesterday, but they're a playoff team. And they're a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. It's not time to give rookie players extended looks to see what they have over 10 games. It's time to put guys in the lineup and let them decide whether they're coming out of the lineup. And right now, if, look, the organization wants Vili Hainola to be an NHL defenseman and ready to go right now. It saves them having to trade some assets to bring a guy in for a playoff run. 100%. He's That's not That's a there. great point. It's a great point. And it, it may or may not be Hainola's fault. I don't want, I don't know. Like, I when I see him play, he's just not ready. Give him more time. But in the meantime, the worst thing you could do is run him out there again against Toronto and lose another game. Not that he would cause you to lose that game, but... The organization is in a situation where they, and we're going to talk Provolov. They're looking at guys to bring in to solidify this lineup, mm-hmm. and if the rookies aren't aren't ready to do it, then 
again, well, what is wrong with Heinola not being ready? They make a trade and bring in a 3-4 a, a, a defenseman that's going to play in the 5-6, make the overall team better, go into training camp next year, and yeah. see who makes the team. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I put on Heinola is no matter where you are, you've got to continue to work on your game. Yeah. The idea that you self-anointed yourself ready for the National Hockey League and on eight teams in the National Hockey League, you'd probably be in the in the show. But the idea that you anoint yourself that you're ready as opposed to actually being ready is quite obvious. So you, you got drafted where you got drafted. Yeah, I just I mean that's the draft all this we 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 see what other players do. Other people look at Kale McCarr, other people look at other defensemen who it took 4 years to get in. Mm-hmm. Like on Montreal, Johnny Kovacevic is a regular. Yeah. Would Vili Heinola be in Montreal? I Probably. I think 100% he would be. Probably, but 100%. that's not where you're at. Yeah. That's and not where so, this team is. You know what I mean? And uh this this texture says 204-780-6868. I don't want to give up on him. Let him play in the A. And this texture says, hi guys, uh, why is Sandberg always the odd man out healthy scratch when Heinola is in the lineup? Thanks, enjoy your show. Well, that the fact of the matter is why he was put in there is because Heinola was sitting up in the press box for too long. Coming off an illness, yeah. hadn't played a game and they wanted to get him out there. Just and want him Sandberg sit up there is forever. ill. He's, he's not practicing yeah. again today. I just saw he's ill. He's under the weather. He's got what other players yeah. have. But to me, this is a great situation for any young player. You have to go in and play, and if you don't play well, there's another young player sitting in the press box that you guys will trade places. Yeah, There's no better pressure to put on a player than, and people might say, well, we're pressing him too hard. This is the National Hockey League. They're, they're not sitting there going, you were awful tonight, hey, Nola, back to the press box. They're going, hey, Billy, again, these are the things we need you to work on. When you get back in there again, and you will get back in there, these are the things we need to see from you. Continue mm-hmm. to work on this in practice. Continue to work on this in the game day skates. You're going to get another opportunity, but we're going with Sandberg again, and th- you know, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. So I, I just think that, to me, it's clear as day. He's not ready for a regular spot. Um, if he can, And has he had some games where I thought he might be? Yes, but it's followed by another one where he isn't. Yeah. So then there's no consistency there. And that's the number one thing you have to be as an NHL defense. But I can't emphasize this enough. The Jets want him to be ready. The Jets want to have him in the lineup. Yeah. The Jets want Sandberg and, and Stanley to be so good that they can't decide who to take out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fair to say we haven't seen that yet. So yeah. we, we've seen we, I, the thing about Sandberg is I've seen him deal with his mistakes better and come back stronger. I think he has a better attitude in terms of well, being the able pizza to up himself. the middle against Tampa Bay was it? He's got some. There's some. There, yeah. There's been some. And then he bounces back with. He had another turnover in that first period, but then he bounced back with just an amazing game the next two. Uh, you periods. know, I, I, I don't. I haven't seen like Sandberg at least in terms of uh, of Rick Bonus and the coaching staff. If he makes a huge error, just like that pizza you just were talking about, he goes back out there and he fights back and he makes a good play or a good block and makes a good play and and, and he comes back and he, and he and he keeps rolling. Heinola had to be taken out of that game essentially, Jim. He had to be completely yeah. taken out of that game. Hey. They had him rolled with they he was with DeMello, he was with with Dylan. They switched up his defensive pairings and it didn't work. It didn't work. We're talking about the same game where Mark Shifley was demoted to the fourth line. Yeah. Like we're not talking about oh rules for rookie players. Yeah. Mark Shifley got demoted yesterday to the fourth line. Like nobody played well. 
And that's just what happens. Now, do you want to go into Toronto and bench Mark Shifley and not have him in the lineup? Come on. No, you're not doing that. They're just it's it's got to evolve naturally. It, to be honest with you, it's not a surprise to me. It's on pace in my experience of covering hockey. He's not I'm not looking at Billy Hainola going, "Oh, we this is an issue." I'm not at all. I'm looking at it going, this is what happens with young defensemen. He's 22. He's fine. He's 22. It's going to work old. out. It's just if he was ready now, it would be the surprise to me. Yeah. To be honest with everybody. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, Josh Morrissey makes his first appearance as a Winnipeg Jet when he's 21 years old, plays 82 games, gets 20 points and stuff like that. So, that, and, and again, there's there's never like there's never a set stage here where it's like at this point the prospect must reach point A. By this timeline, the prospect must reach point B, or they are a bust. It's not how this works out. Everybody's an individual. Everyone needs di- is different. Everybody needs more time. It's the way it is. Let's take a break. We'll come back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Biggest story in the National Hockey League. The situation last night in Philadelphia with Ivan Provorov. Was it handled right? Was it handled wrong? We'll get into that after this. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Yeah, I uh, I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. This story really got kick-started uh, when Frank Cervelli tweeted out, there's word that Flyers' Ivan Provorov did not participate in warm-ups tonight because he decided he declined uh, to wear the team-issued Pride Night jersey celebrating the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, the Flyers offered the following comment. Um, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization is committed to inclusivity and is proud to support the LGBTQ plus community. Many of our players are active in their support of local LGBTQ plus organizations, and we are proud to host our annual Pride Night this year. The Flyers will continue to be strong ad- adv- advocates for uh, inclusivity as well as in the community. Now, I, I, I think, Jim, this is one of those situations where um, it's wanted to be a black and white, right or wrong issue. Every each side can go on the social media, take a side, be comfortable with their decision. But I, I, I really don't believe that this issue is as black as white and white as many people think. Now, here's my thoughts on it. This is how I feel about the entire situation. He has paid a lot of money to be a member and participate as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. At least show the veil of support for this initiative. It's just a Jersey man. If you feel wearing it represents you in some light, as far as I'm concerned, dude, that that's your problem. It's a freaking Jersey. Put on the damn thing, skate around, take it off, get over it, and then play the game. That's that's how I that's how I view it. And there, I'm sure there's lots of opinions amongst NHLers, just like there is across society. Some people feel one way, some people feel another. He Provorov's problem here is he's going to turn this into something. The Flyers are trying to trade this guy, and his trade value just dropped. I would be shocked. Um, you know, there was a lot of ties between the Winnipeg Jets and the Flyers. I don't think this is the kind of thing that the Winnipeg Jets are interested in. Now, religious beliefs here, in my opinion, Jim, make this more complicated because many people will say if he didn't want to participate, fine. He's not going to play on that game. He's going to get paid, but he's going to take a step back and he's not going to be playing today if he doesn't want to participate in this. Others are going to say 
that a team can't punish a player for expressing and living his religious beliefs. Now, I know I'm riding the fence here big time here, but I, I honestly do believe it's 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 a more it's a more complicated uh, it's a more complicated issue than that than that, and, and that's just the way that I see it. When these things happen, we all feel like we have to put out our own personal views and things like that. I don't think that's necessary here, but yeah. look, I saw this and I totally disagreed with this. And I'm like, what is your problem? Blah, 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 blah. I heard Tortorella speak and you know how I feel about Tortorella. I'm hot <laughs> and cold and issues yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People threw out what he said about people who sit, kneel during the anthem and then it, forget that a couple of years later in an interview, he walked that back totally and felt differently about it. Here's the thing. I see both sides of this. I don't support Ivan Provolov and his beliefs um, personally, mm-hmm. but I, that's not our job on air here to, to you know, sort of say what we... Yeah. I mean, we can give our opinion. I, I understand that. Yeah. But look, here's a guy who, regardless of the topic, has a religious belief of something that he doesn't want to support. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of the old, he doesn't respect people if he does. I go, look, you can respect anybody and not want to participate in something that you respect. You res- the same way he, he people are saying he doesn't respect them is, do you respect his right to voice his opinion on how his religious beliefs makes him I, feel? I can respect somebody's, uh, uh, the fact that they want to be a communist, but I will not in any stretch of the imagination support that. Exactly. So yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, and I'm just like I don't up support like his view. Yeah. I don't yeah. support his religious belief. Yeah. In fact, I'm very against it. But I do support Ivan Provolov's right and to go. You know, the NHL is involved in several great things, and Pride Night is one of them. And I, I fully support it, enjoy it. I believe it's a great thing they're doing. Hundred percent. But if somebody out there doesn't and just says, you know, look, this is against my religion. I don't believe it. I just don't want to be seen representing it with. So you and I kicked it around. I thought, what if they just took the logo off his jersey hmm. or let him warm up in a different jersey or the fact that he didn't warm up? Then some people are saying that, well, they shouldn't have played him then. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's not, you know, being a bad employee. He's saying, I don't support this one initiative that the company I work for does. Mm-hmm. So I go round and round on this. Um and I think that's what John Tortorella and the, organi- the organization was trying to say. We don't, we don't, we, this is what we believe in. This is what we stand for. And we also stand for the right for him to, to voice that he doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. so it's a touchy topic. I see both sides of it. I, I, do I don't too know as if well. it was handled right, but I also don't know if it was handled wrong. But I, I 100% agree with that. And I, what I, one thing I do know for sure is this is a situation the Philadelphia Flyers do not want to be in. 100% about that. Uh, this was a statement from the NHL, and, and we'll, leave, we'll leave you with this statement. Hockey is for everyone in the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in their respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for our fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league council and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. So I guess it's up for you to figure out where you stand on the uh, Ivan Provorov debate that's been ongoing all day across the National Hockey League and amongst its fans. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Thank you very much to Tyson Rewicki for doing a great job. I would never tell him this. I like this kid, but I would never say that to him because um, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't ever compliment him ever. Uh, but he's doing a fantastic job, and I, I, I like the kid. Anyways, uh, Jim told to take you until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.